Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It's time. You're listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theater on the Air. Sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, this ongoing series brings to your ears the best-known works from America's revered grandfather of horror and suspense. Walking through the asylum of the mysterious Dr. Mallard, Poe's wretched souls describe their awful tales while they wait the doctor's revolutionary system to treat and cure the mentally crippled. In today's episode, the National Edgar Allan Poe Theater on the Air takes on Poe's tale of monomaniacal obsession and mutilation, Berenice. In our last episode, The Cask of Amontillado, we met a man who used the promise of rare wine as a ploy to entomb his hated rival. Fortunato! None shall disturb you. Rest in peace. Amontillado! Now, Professor Mallard leads us down the hall for a conversation with another of his children. Please, this way, this way. Let me introduce you to the patient in cell number four. A keen sense of hygiene, this one. No, no, not like the dear lady in cell number one. This is a gentleman whose interest in hygiene relates to oral hygiene. Teeth. Should have been a dentist. Maybe he will be once he's cured and can leave his past behind him. Then again, perhaps not. Oh, uh, just before we go in, be careful when you smile. You might want to keep your teeth concealed. Good evening. Good evening, Dr. Mallard. My, you are looking well. That's very kind of you. And have you brought a friend? Yes, yes, indeed. Pleased to meet you. It is important to be civil, to be jovial. Be thou the rainbow in the storms of life. The evening beam that smiles, smiles the clouds away, and tints tomorrow with prophetic ray. <laughs> he knows he is Lord Byron. I am nothing if not well read, but if only you would smile. That's quite enough of that. Why don't you tell our guest your story? But there is so much to discuss. Literature, poetry, all kinds of books and writing. Words, perhaps a single word, repeated a word that can touch anyone's sentiments, make one person weep, make another person smile. Like your dear cousin. I don't know what you mean. Your cousin. I don't follow. Your cousin, Berenice. <sighs> Just when I was happy. Happy in forgetfulness and amnesia. Berenice. Misery is manifold. The wretchedness of earth is multiform. Overreaching the wide horizon like the rainbow, its hues are as various as the hues of that arch, as distinct too, yet as intimately blended. My earliest memories are of books. I think I was born in the library of my ancestral home. I woke from nothingness into the world of books. What is a library if not a palace of the imagination, the very regions of a fairyland, an empire of thought and erudition? I loitered away my boyhood in books and dissipated my youth in reverie. The realities of the world seemed to be just visions, only visions, while the wild ideas of the land of dreams became not simply the material of my everyday existence, but my existence utterly and solely in itself. 
How like the mind is a library? How like the body in its elements, functions, and knowledge? Huh. The wisdom of books beyond the base realities of the world. And yet, it broke and burned for me because of Berenice. That's his cousin. Grew up together as far as I understand, but couldn't be more different from each other. While our friend here, as you've gathered, spent his life with his nose in a book, his cousin was gregarious in outlook and sunny in disposition. Berenice was a beam of light, agile, graceful, and overflowing with energy. Come outside, away from your books. Cousin Berenice, you know I have a melody. Nonsense. Besides, the fresh air would do you good. Look out your little window. Look at the sun and the azure sky. Perhaps I will come out. In a little while. Oh, cousin, you always say that. If only I could tempt you. Come walk on the hillside with me. The daffodils are in bloom. The breeze rustles through the long grass. Come breathe the air. Feel the earth beneath your feet. I wandered lonely as a cloud. It was not a cue for poetry. But what could be more beautiful than the verse of... Oh, Pooh. No, Berenice. If only I could be as free and joyful and light-hearted as you... No sylph among the swaying grass, naiad among the babbling brook. Maybe I will join you one day, beloved Berenice. But what can give a soul passion and fuel its deepest desires more than the library? The wisdom and weight of a great writer's mind. But it wasn't just the books, was it? Not just books that fueled your desires and imagination, was it? Hmm? Berenice, my treasured cousin. No, no, stop that. It wasn't your delightful cousin either, was it? Ha! No comment. I will explain to our guest. You see, I think he did mention his malady. Yes. You see, he was always something of a sickly child, could never get to the bottom of what was wrong with him. I've read his complete medical history, and I know what he used as a cure, a regular medication. I'm sure you will not object to me being so candid with our guest. Good. His regular medication was the immoderate use of opium. Needless to say, I do not approve. You won't find any of that kind of medication in my institution. Did it cure his ills? Hard to say when we don't know what was wrong with him in the first place, but its effect on him was clear. What did it give you? Tell our guest. Monomania. Which is what exactly? The thought the pleasure of a single thing. An obsession, overwhelming and overriding all proportion and reason. Oh, the pleasure of it. I was so attentive. How do you think I could read for hours and hours, sunlight to candlelight, spring to winter? I had an intensity of interest, and this turned from books to the contemplation of even the most common objects of the universe. I could muse for long, unwearied hours, my attention riveted to not the words, but to the very typography of a book. The most frivolous device in the margin, or, or, or spend a summer's day not outside with Berenice, but observing how a quaint shadow falls aslant upon the floor and shifts so slowly. And at night, watch the flickering flame of a candle, the wax dripping and hardening, or the embers of a fire, orange goes to black. To repeat monotonously some common word or some simple sound until it lost through repetition all meaningful concept or utility. Cousin, come outside. Taste the air. Oh, cousin. Cuisine. Cuisine. Cousin. Cousin. Cousin.
But a tragedy befell you, didn't it? Berenice became quite ill, grievously so. Isn't that what happened? Yes, Doctor. It seems that Berenice, that enchanting young lady who never tired of the elements of nature, suddenly lost her vivacity. Weakened so, they wrapped her up and sat her with her bookish cousin. What harm could come of that? You must miss being outdoors, Berenice. Yes. Of course I do. But I like to watch you read, cousin. Hmm. I see. What do you read? Hmm? It is a poem, I think. But what transfixes me is the slight blur of this this letter here. Do you see some typographical error in the ink smudged? Very slight, very slight, but enrapturing. <laughs> if you say so, cousin. You look so changed, Cousin Berenice. Yes. Your hair was golden once, was it not? Yes. Well, it has quite lost its luster now. I know. In fact, I see you are actually losing your hair. The scalp is quite clear to see in places. Yes, I imagine it is. It catches the light. It shines. Yes. And your eyes are dull. Don't look at me so. Their glassy stare quite chills me. I am sorry, cousin. Forgive me. The whites have turned to ivory. They soon will be as yellow as parchment, I assume. Yes, cousin. I think they will. You look so old now, cousin. Not the spirit of spring anymore. The spirit of spring. Was that what I was to you? Yes. Yes. Sylph of the grass, naiad of the brook. Really? Ah, that makes me happy. Cousin... I know that you have loved me for the longest time. Yes. Yes, it's true. I have always loved you. While I ran in the fields, I thought only of you in here. I used to dream if only you would love me as much as you loved your book. Cousin, I want you to marry me. Yes, of course I will. And so, despite her frail and deteriorating condition, he pledged to marry her and blessed her diminishing days with joy. I did not love her. It was an act of evil to say I did to toy with her so. Yes, yes, he always insists it was an evil act, but I'm not so sure. And I'm a doctor, after all. You see, I believe he was growing into a man. He had grown up beside Berenice, but was impassioned with the world of books. But gradually, slowly, I believe that things began to stir within him. Growing up, you see. Quite natural, quite unavoidable, his cousin, always so different, once so vivacious, suddenly became to his memory the most wondrous things of all. More beautiful than a poet's line, a hero's speech. Who needs the heartfelt desires expressed on the page of a book when you feel it coursing through your veins? Oh, force of nature, oh, life force, through my body you do course. Uh, sorry, I'm no poet. But of course, our patient did all he could to resist this natural course. Opium, monomania. These days have made me so happy. I never thought anything could. My ailment being so severe, but the dream of our nuptials made me hope and believe Believe in something before the grave, before the oblivion. The undiscovered country from where no traveler returns. Listen to me. Yes, cousin. 
I will not survive long enough for the wedding. Do not speak so. Of course you will. I shall see to it. <laughs> you seem so sure. Well, cousin, it must be so, because... Very nicey. I love you. Oh. Oh, my love. My joy knows no bounds. Cousin. <laughs> oh, cousin, when you smile. <laughs> yes. Your... Your teeth. What of them? There is not a speck upon their surface. Not a shade on their enamel. Not a line in their configuration. Not an indenture in their edges. Your pale lips writhe around them, but your teeth are perfect white, unblemished. Cousin, I know how much you suffer. Yes, I, I do. But I cannot but smile the joy you have given me. Yes, yes, I see that. You are smiling. So while Berenice dreamt of their nuptials and the boundless love she believed would spare her from the grave, our dear friend had other matters on his mind. Her teeth. You should have seen them. Appalling in their perfection, so white and glossy, unblemished, while her body began to wrinkle, darken and decay. Her wriggling lips parting to show the gleaming teeth ever perfect, even as they gnashed and grinded in her demise. And I saw them everywhere. Even when I left Berenice alone in her chamber, I turned to my books and the tomes looked like teeth upon the shelf I couldn't read. A drifting cloud beyond the window was the white of her teeth. The chime of a glass that so pleased me became the sound of knocking upon a tooth. The teeth. The teeth. The teeth. And then one day before the wedding had come to pass, Berenice died. The family descended into pity and sorrow, the young couple's wedding thwarted by the shadow of death. The family had every sympathy. I know it pains you, my dear boy, but you must pay your respects. But where is she? She's laid out in her chamber, sir. Oh, I see. I am not sure I want... You must do it. Let us accompany you. This way, sir. Very well. There she is, sir. Quite beautiful in her death. Yes, I see. In a wedding dress. That only felt right. Hmm. Well, thank you. Now I will go. Pay your respects, young man. Go up to her. It's only right. Were you not to be married? Yes. Yes. You can kiss her cheek, sir. Say a fond farewell. She looks alive, does she not? A sleeping virgin bride. Go up to her. Kiss her goodbye. Uh, I'm not. Look upon her visage. Can you see? She smiles. What? Oh, the teeth. The teeth. Oh. It was put down to his grief. Lost his mind in his despair, but surely a temporary issue it would pass, wouldn't it? Put him back in his room with his books, with his opium, all will be fine. He even went to the funeral, and the closed coffin did not disturb him as it descended into the ground. But in the gloom of the night, he returned. Berenice! Berenice! I have come to say goodbye. To say I love you and say goodbye. Nearly there. Nearly with you. Oh, Berenice. I could not kiss you but do so now. And now those teeth. Open wide, my dear. Let us start with this incisor. A canine? 
a molar tooth after ah! tooth. Ah! What is happening? My teeth! And my teeth! Another? My mouth! That my teeth! teeth. Ah! Ah! My that teeth! teeth. Ah! 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 The poor girl wasn't dead. Still alive, believe it or not. The rending of her teeth awoke her. I'm sure it would have woken the dead, but she, alas, was not dead. She's living still. Her smile is not quite what it was, I hear. And so this dear fellow was sent to me. And very happy I am, too. Quite cured. Wouldn't you say so, Doctor? No matter. Enough of my story. Enough of my past. Let's speak of learned things. Let us speak of books. The wisdom of writers. That's all very well, unless you become distracted, caught up on a concept, a word. What is your favorite verse? You cannot ask our guests such a question. Surely there are words of a poet that console and heal the troubles of the spirit. Mm, perhaps that would be no bad thing, if you do not object. I shall recite my favorite verse. Steady now. Do not get overexcited. Before I begin, I need a clean mouth to demonstrate my prowess in oratory. After all, it is a poem about teeth. Under the circumstances, I think we should leave him to himself now. I must brush my teeth. Let us leave him in solitude. Wait, wait. You shall love my poem. It is about fair Berenice. I'm afraid our guest needs to see more of the institution of our happy little home. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some other time. Are you listening? To the door, swiftly. Berenice, Berenice, your teeth are like stars. They come out at night. <laughs> Let us take our leave quickly now. <laughs> Difficult child, that one. The remnants of opium still weave the curse of monomania within him. A difficult case, I will admit, but not without hope. A wayward child, obsessing and obstinate, but I will cure him. I hope he didn't disturb you. You didn't smile, did you? A glimpse of tooth can tip him over. I'd have hated it to have been your fault. No matter. I have another case to show you. This way, follow me. You've been listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air and our production of Berenice, adapted for radio by Richard J. Hand. Berenice was directed by Alex Zabistovich and produced by Ty Ford with the voices of Jimmy Kinsel, Joan Weber, Jennifer Restack, and Alex Zabistovich. Poe Theatre on the Air theme by Greg Martin. The National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air is sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, purveyors of Poe-inspired craft beer. More information can be found on the web at ravenbeer.com. More information on the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air can be found at poetheater.org. Until next time, this is Alex Avistovich reminding you that all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. 
the Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.